Good afternoon, everyone. Um, can we close the door back there? Or are we going to leave that open and let more people come in? Okay, um, first of all, thank you for attending our session this afternoon. We've had a little bit of a switch in program today. Um, the title that we have on the program announcement um, was a little bit different. Um, we're, um, we've tuned the, the content more toward, toward manufacturing. So today we're going to talk about transforming procurement for effective supplier management, which is really about how procurement can support um, manufacturing companies by effectively managing suppliers and managing the risk that suppliers impose on those companies. So my name is Jim Daddario with Oracle Corporation. I'm joined by my colleague, Anna Galindo. And um, I'm going to turn the program over to Anna now, and then I'll pick up later um, as we get further into the presentation. So Anna, you want to take it away? All right, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Anna Galindo. Oh, yeah, thank you. As Jim mentioned, my name is Anna Galindo, and I am a product marketing manager at Oracle. And as Jim mentioned, there has been an update to the title of the presentation. It's been changed now to Transforming Procurement for Effective Supplier Management. Now, why is supplier management critical for your organization? Well, today we live in a world where supply chain complexities are increasing, causing organizations to be faced with a multitude of risks. Um, also, with supply chains becoming more geographically extended and the numbers of suppliers keeps increasing, um, organizations need to take necessary steps in order to mitigate any arising risk and to also minimize any disruptions that could potentially pop up in their supply chain. It can be very costly in terms of financial impact um, or financial performance as well as reputational impact. Um, so that is why we're here, to cover what are, what are some of the steps your organization can take to mitigate those risks. But first, let's jump right into some of the risks affecting organizations today. All right, now why is supply and supplier management critical? Uh, now there are a number of examples where extended supply chains were affected by risk due to a myriad of events, such as natural disasters. Um, we all remember a few years back all of the hurricanes that took place in Puerto Rico and its effects on the healthcare and plastics industry. And then we have the effect of infectious diseases. Um, now I don't feel like I have to go into too many details with that, but then there are the risks that arise from these suppliers themselves. Um, some examples include violations against your organization's um, code of ethics, um, women and minority, anti-child labor. Um, the examples abound. Um, and these risks don't just arise from your tier one outsource manufacturers, um, but your tier one suppliers also have a network of suppliers that they also work with. And if any problems arise within that network, it could potentially cause violations, disruptions, and could um, damage the image of your brand. Now, up on my screen, I have um, a couple more examples of other risks that have affected um, organizations today. Um, on my top right-hand corner, I have a headline that says surgeries are being postponed because of a surgical gown shortage. Um, some of you have probably heard that recently a large healthcare organization um, 
discovered that all of their surgical gowns were being produced in unapproved locations, in improper working conditions, and this caused a huge disruption within hospital supply chains. Over 9 million surgical gowns had to be recalled. Um, many surgeries had to be postponed. And you can imagine the downstream effect that had on revenues and also on the time of the staff. Um, so that's you know, a big example as to why supply, supplier management is really critical. Now, as I mentioned in my last slide, there are many risks affecting um, supply chains and manufacturing organizations today, um, many of which are placed on their extended supply chains and on the companies that they rely on for supplies, components, and other raw materials. Um, so let's um, drill into some of the key risk factors getting in the way of effective supplier management today. Now, usually procurement is the line of business that deals with, is at the front lines of dealing with all of these risks. Now, 61% of chief procurement officers said that they are involved in outsourcing decisions or also locating operations for offshoring. Um, so it's not surprising that that same number has also seen an increase in procurement risk within the last year. Um, what's really surprising, though, is that 65% of those chief procurement officers said that they had limited or no visibility beyond their tier one suppliers. And... Um, what's really alarming is that only 37% of those procurement organizations um, are prepared to manage those risks. So that's a huge red flag. Now, as I mentioned in my previous slide, 65% of chief procurement officers said that they, are, um, that they have limited or no visibility beyond their tier one suppliers. So that means um, this tier one supplier could be located in a politically um, stable country or could be financially stable. But what about their suppliers? If you don't have visibility into your tier two and tier three suppliers, you don't know what kind of problems could be lurking out there. What if your tier two supplier is having financial issues and they're about to shut down their plant? Or what if your tier three raw materials provider um, has seen a spike in all of their raw materials? That could climb up the food chain and it could impact your tier one supplier's ability to provide you with the products that you need to keep your operations running. Now, as I mentioned earlier in my pres presentation, um, supply chain complexities are increasing and so are the demands on procurement. Um, as you take a look to the frame on my left, um, these demands are changing faster than procurement organizations can keep up with. Um, we always have new competitors that are entering the market, and um, there are new emerging technologies that you know, are um, emerging all the time. Um, and that's resetting the expectations for the marketplace. But if we take a look to the frame to my right, it's not that procurement organizations are not investing, it's that they're investing in the areas that have minim minimal impact on, in their business. Um, so what these organizations need to do is they need to fundamentally shift the areas that they're investing in and automate all of their transactional and paper heavy um, activities and free up their resources so they can focus on the areas that add more value to their organization and have those strategic conversations around topics such as the one we're covering today. All right, so before I get too ahead of myself, let's reflect on some of the changing priorities for procurement organizations today. Now, the number one business driver for procurement organizations always has and always will be cost reduction. 
Um, but that's not a metric that is always easily measured. There are many trade-offs that come with it. So pure cost reductions are just as, just as important um, as um, quality and reliability. And as I mentioned throughout my presentation, um, there is an expectation that organizations focus more on mitigating and minimizing risk. Um, and that has a direct impact on the organization's ability to support growth and profitability through effective supplier management. So what does this mean for procurement? Now, this means that they either need to rethink or refocus their mission and be put on a path to become a more strategic partner. Um, but what does that path look like? Um, so organizations need to take a look at all of their transactional activities, such as cost reduction, controlling spend, and automating processes, and automate as much as they can so they can go from being a transactional organization to focusing on strategic agility and focusing on the areas of supplier management, risk management, and also contract compliance. So this is what's really going to push the organization forward and allow them to focus on growing their revenues and profitability. All right. So now that we know what the demands of procurement are, let's see what the view from procurement is. Now, 50% of chief procurement officers said that they play an active role in supplier risk management, and 88% of them said that managing risk is a top priority. But only 37% are concerned about managing global supplier complexity and risk. Seems like a little bit of a disconnect there, right? But meanwhile, 84% of these organizations said that expanding into new market, are expanding into new markets and new products, but only 28% of them plan to increase supplier collaboration. But in order for these organizations to be able to mitigate risk and to continue to innovate, they need to be working with these suppliers more often. Um, so obviously there's a mixed picture right here. So in terms of how do you start to implement a supplier management program, um, first of all, you really want to start out by, by, by segmenting your suppliers into meaningful buckets of, of groups of, of organizations that you need to manage. Um, we recommend using something like a, a ratio like this or, or a, a matrix like this. I'm sure you've seen the, the, the Kraljic matrix um, from the Harvard Business School article of the same title. But obviously, you're going to segment your suppliers into the areas where you're going to find most of the risks coming from. And those are your strategic suppliers and your bottleneck suppliers. Um, strategic suppliers are going to be the ones that obviously you're going to, you're going to be, have a more collaborative relationship with, um, where it's more of a win-win situation, where you work together to, to design products, but also work together on mitigating some of the factors that, that bring risk into the organization. Bottleneck suppliers are, are, the, are those that have high supply risk, but generally low cost of things like fasteners, bolts, and other things that, that if you don't have them, they'll shut down the production process. This is where you really want to focus. And of course, the other areas, such as leverage items and non-critical items, are areas that you, you might want to skip. So the whole, the whole purpose here is to narrow it down to a manageable group of suppliers that you, you work with and, um, and rate. 
So in terms of how you prioritize your supplier programs, basically it's this, this, this four-quadrant four matrix. Um, first, focus on, the, on, on supplier risk by streamlining your supplier assessments. You want to be able to do it in a streamlined manner and also get it done very quickly because the last thing you want procurement to do is be seen as, 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 a, as a bottleneck in the organization. So you have to, have to trade off both thoroughness and, um, and rapid time to value. Um, you, want to, you want to ensure that you have data quality by organizing your suppliers into meaningful categories um, and main, main, maintain accurate, up-to-date supplier profiles. Now, how do you do that? A lot of times, you know, when you, when you create supplier profiles, those will, will say stay stale for a while. There are means, and we're going to show you that later, where you can bring in um, streaming data or up-to-date data where you have a more up-to-date profile of, of what sort of risk that supplier um, poses for your organization. Improving visibility is one of those areas where, when Anna showed later, where you had, had where procurement departments were showing low levels of collaboration with their suppliers. This is one area where you can really work with your tier one suppliers to develop programs where you have visibility and work with them to help them have, have you know, greater control over the suppliers that supply them. Because in, as we all know that, that you know, a lot of the risks that you don't foresee comes from a, a tier one or tier, th or, or tier three supplier that you don't necessarily have an arm's length relationship with. So, and then you know, that, that of course increases the confidence that you have that your qualifications are, are, are more accurate and up to date by having that partnership with your tier one suppliers. And then of course monitor the compliance. Um, there are ways to do that through analytics and, and, and other methods, but you wanna make sure that, that you, you, you continually monitor your, your suppliers throughout the life cycle, make sure that their, their qualifications are up to date and that they're performing up to your standards so that unforeseen risks don't show up. So the process really doesn't end there. So once you've got suppliers qualified and profiled and you've got the streaming data and you've got the visibility into what they're doing, procurement should also develop a proactive role. And, that, and, and that's really about creating a, a playbook or a plan B, as I, as I like to call it, by working with the key stakeholders within your business to, to, to determine what you're going to do if one of those unforeseen circumstances comes up. So if a particular supplier fails financially or runs into some kind of supply risk or political risk, you want to have a, a second source or a, a plan B for dealing with that, that uh, eventuality. You also may want to look at structural changes in your supply base. Um, as we all know, supply chains are becoming very, very fragmented and networked, and it looks more like a, like a, like a, a tree branch these days, um, where you have very little control over what's happening downstream of your organization. Sometimes it makes, it makes a lot of sense to try to prune back that tree, and maybe onshore a supplier that's, that, that's in, a, in a different location that poses a particular risk. Of course, there's, there's often a cost trade-off, but the advantage is having more, more control and less risk um, that you have to deal with. And then finally, make investments in digitizing the process. As Anna mentioned earlier, there are technologies you can invest in. We'll show you some examples later 
um, that help you really help you automate the process so that your procurement experts who are generally the, 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 the category experts in, in the particular supply areas um, can focus on what they're best at, and that is ongoing management of suppliers. Okay, so I'm going to switch gears here and get into uh, some of the technology solutions that you can leverage. We talked about earlier how procurement has done a very good job of managing some of their transactional aspects, procurement orders, or purchase orders, um, procurement requisitions, advanced shipping notifications, and so forth. But they've paid very, very little attention to some of the areas where that are more strategic to the organization and where they can really leverage great uh, cost savings and time savings and focus on what they do best. So first of all, you have to have a process. Um, as long as I've been in the software business, and that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a real long time, um, you've often heard the term that automating a bad process just gives you a bad process that's automated. So the first thing you have to do is, is focus on creating a process to qualify your suppliers and manage them over their life cycle. And as you can see here, it's really a circular process, so it becomes supplier life cycle management. So the first thing you do, you want to do is work with your stakeholders, your manufacturing people, your operations people, and, and others that have, have input on you know, what characteristics you want to see in your suppliers. Define those requirements. Go about the, the, the process of discovering, um, of, of supplier discovery, and then you utilize mechanisms to assess those suppliers, evaluate those responses, get them onboarded, get them spend qualified, and then repeat the process over again. And hopefully, we can bring, bring in automation so you get, get automated notifications of when these supplier, um, supplier requalifications need to take place. So what I have here is an example of a supplier qualification application. Um, what you see here is, is, is a dashboard that provides insights into a lot of activities that you may have going on, such as qualification initiatives, but other things that require attention, which suppliers that need requalification. Um, what this does is it, is, it, is, it, is it provides a systematic way of managing supplier qualifications and doing it in, in an orderly manner. Um, it's built around a survey mechanism, which you tailor so again, by, by collaborating with the stakeholders in your business, you put together a, a list of qualifications. That survey is entirely um, tailorable by your organization. So you use it to survey your suppliers, gather the responses, and you can also use the experience of, your, of the people that manage your suppliers. So the ones that are, 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 are receiving um, materials, they have insights into quality, into on-time performance, and so forth, so they can rate and score your suppliers. And then, again, use, using the dashboard to see how the process is, is working out and to identify any areas of risk that may, be, uh, that, that may have arisen. One of the areas that we find in working with our clients is the area of contracts. Um, Oftentimes, they're, they're, they're still very manual. Um, we see instances where the contracting process is controlled by legal departments, but still a lot of work is done in, in Word documents. What you want to do is you want to get that process streamlined so that procurement professionals can actually manage the drafting of contracts 
and then later have legal review them so you can get the business rules or the business um, uh, the rules of, of, of the road established with your suppliers um, very quickly and then get legal involved when you need them. So what this does is it, is it standardizes and streamlines the whole process of, uh, of getting, um, getting a contract drafted by using, sort of, by using a guided authoring mechanism and pre-approved legal clause libraries that map to the types of contracts that you'll be drafting, be it for a category or a type of supplier and what have you. Um, but since that language is already approved, uh, it's very easy for procurement people to get these, get these contracts drafted and in the hands of your suppliers so that they can have their own legal departments review them. When they come back with redlining, as you can see here, um, what it does is it, is it has what we call a deviations monitor. So it will look through the document and identify any areas that have changed from your standardized language. Now, for those of us who have, who have, who have dealt with this in prior lives, um, it, and I can you know, relate to my own experience of dealing with contracts of you know, 50, 100 pages, and when you get get it back in a Word document, you'll you'll get track changes, and of course you 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 end up staring cross-eyed at a whole you know kaleidoscope of, of different colors on there, and it's very difficult to actually manage this and, and get it rectified in a streamlined manner. What this does is it calls attention to those changes and shows you the deviated language, so that can either either your procurement professionals can handle it, you know, um, on their own, or run it by your legal department if it's something that has to be, has to be, rect has to be rectified. And then you store these in, in a searchable repository. So if you need to refer back to a contract during the, contract, during the, the supplier lifecycle, you can easily search on them. If you need to amend the language and so forth, that's all done and, and, and stored in, in an electronic repository. Um, so I'm sure at this conference you've heard a lot about some of the the new technologies that are coming to market, and the focus that we've had, that we've done at Oracle here, is on is is really on areas of usability. Um, you've seen some examples of how of how uh, how easy these these applications are to interact with um, for the contract authoring and so forth. But also, we're, we're investing in areas of voice interaction, where you can actually interact with you with your supplier management systems um, using a chat bot on your mobile phone. Analytics is a very, very, uh, very powerful area because it, it gives you particular insights into things that are going on and things that require attention and in, in, a, in a very timely manner. And then intelligent applications which use uh, technologies like artificial intelligence and machine learning to help you get quicker insights and make predictions into how, uh, how some risks may be materializing. Um, this particular application here is what we call an adaptive intelligent application. Adaptive meaning that it uses machine learning to adapt as, in, as new information comes in and updates the profile. But intelligent in, in that it also uses artificial intelligence to, to comb through large amounts of data and develop profiles and predictions. Um, they're pre-built and purpose-built for supplier management in this case. Um, and it uses both your company data and external data. So your company data being the, the, the transactional data that you have in purchase orders, advanced shipping notice, goods receipts, and, and so forth. Um, so you have, a, have, have an ongoing profile of how that supplier is performing with your company. 
But then you can also augment that with, with automated data, data feeds from organizations such as Bloomberg, Dow Jones, and then we also have a company called DataFox, which can, can update the supplier profiles and then use the, art, the, the machine learning engine to spot streaming events that, that apply to a certain supplier that may want to draw your attention to them um, around issues around supplier uh, performance, intelligent payments, um, issues of contract compliance, and supplier risk. And then finally, we come to analytics. Basically, there's the, these, are, these are data warehouses that aggregate data from across a lot of different transactional systems, as well as streaming data to give you insights into particular areas on, on different dimensions of how your suppliers are performing. So against contracts, um, uh, material rejects by supplier name, on-time performance, and so forth. So you have a, a much clearer picture of how your suppliers are performing. And then, of course, they, they, they provide real-time alerts when something occurs that requires your attention and your intervention to correct a situation before it goes bad. So in terms of how these, these, these applications perform, um, and this is data supported by uh, experts such as the Hackett Group, but we see these also in, in, in Deloitte's CPO survey, is that when companies apply these kinds of technologies to, to their supplier management, we see that organizations that, that utilize them have two and a half times better risk performance than their peers. Um, we also see a 31% reduction in the time it takes to, to qualify and, and, and onboard a new supplier. Remember I talked about earlier how not only do you want to do this process very thoroughly, but you want to do it in a very timely manner because procurement ha has to be responsive to the needs of the business because you have production schedules that you need to meet. Um, I don't know how many of you, you know, deal or have, have problems with lapsed contracts. Um, you know, when I, when I talk to our clients, um, it's usually about 50-50. But certainly, you know, it, it is an issue, especially the, with, with the larger number of contracts that you have. Um, it, it does happen where contracts expire and all of a sudden those terms are, are, are no longer applicable. Uh, the applications themselves provide alerts into expiring contracts so you can get those contracts renewed and get, that, get, the, get the supplier requalified. And then finally, we see, we see tremendous improvements um, in supplier performance, 53% um, reductions in supplier risk um, when you start to apply modern technologies to, the, to the, the discipline of supplier management. So that brings me to the conclusion of our presentation. I hope that was helpful for you. Um, I know a lot of organizations are struggling with these issues especially very timely given what's going on right now, but um, this is, this is a, a, a huge emerging issue in the area of manufacturing and making sure your suppliers are reliable and, and help you meet your production schedules and ensure that you ship on time and meet your profitability goals. So I'll end there and uh, go ahead and take questions. Yes, sir. I, I, it's kind of hard to hear you, so I'll come visit you because I have all this noise bouncing off the ceiling.
Okay. So I'll repeat the question. So basically, the, the question was, when you are working with, with your, your suppliers directly, you know, how do you entice them to be more forthcoming in, in revealing who their suppliers are and so you can get a better assessment on the risk that, that's, that's uh, resident in those two, you know, tier two and tier three suppliers? Did I phrase that correctly? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a challenge. Didn't, didn't mean to say it was, it was easy, um, but that's where, seriously, where, where, you know, where procurement organizations that have the expertise in developing relationships with your suppliers and trusted relationships with your suppliers, especially those that are strategic to your organization, and when there's a win-win situation there, you know, what we found is, is, is that, um, that, your, that, that, that your tier one suppliers are a, a little bit more open in, into, into revealing, you know, who they work with. And if they understand that you're, that you're using this information only so that you can get an early warning of the risk that may be, re, may be resident in those tier, tier two and tier three suppliers, um, I think it engenders a little bit more, more trust in them. But again, in talking to a lot of our clients, you know, it, it, it's kind of hit and miss. So it, it, it's, it's certainly a best practice and it's really based on, on, on the trusted relationship. Any, any other questions from the audience? Going once, going twice? Okay, well thank you very much for coming this afternoon and uh, I hope this was uh, very informative.